0: Welcome everyone to the Connor Carrick podcast. I am your host, current New Jersey Devils defenseman Connor Carrick. Today, join me and my guest, James Van Riemsdyk, former teammate of mine, current Philadelphia Flyer, former U.S. Olympian. We talk about our process around high performance, uh, physically, mentally, spiritually. He is one of the more skilled and consistent goal scorers I've ever played with. Uh, I'm truly excited about our conversation today. I learned a lot, some stories about him that I didn't even know uh, prior to today. Uh, Let's do this. Thank you again from wherever you're joining us. And now let's go to James Van Riemsdyk VR man be a dad soon you're you're dealing with injury right now we're on you know quarantine there's a lot of uh I guess on un- uncertainty there's a lot of swirling and I know you and your routine and just how zo- exhaustive you are always always thinking to prepare always trying to you know it, I always respect guys like you that are trying it seems like you're trying to play forever with your routine and for people that don't know um you know JVR I, I we played a couple years in Toronto and you know whether it's looking after what you eat, you know, your sleep routines and things like that. Like you're always looking for an edge, you're always tinkering and I don't want to give you away, make you give away all the state secrets, but how are you, what are you doing right now on, you know, up in, up in many hanging out?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously again, the uncertainty part of things is, uh, is definitely putting a wrinkle and, uh, into things for me. I mean, again usually any time of the year you know exactly how long it is till you play or what you're trying to prepare for a specific date in mind and obviously with all this it's uh that we don't have even a target for that really yet so it's uh just trying to again just stick with it a little bit and just almost like running in place so i've been i've got a sauna here that i've been using quite a bit um trying to eat as best i can and uh, just again getting some movement in doing some band workouts uh things like that but uh certainly it's tough this is probably I was just thinking about it the other day this is probably the longest I've ever gone without being on the ice in like the last like probably since I started skating yeah. so so I'm sure there's a lot of other people in the similar boat uh, in the hockey world but uh certainly a strange feeling
0: well we both we both share like we're always after perfect right like we want it, it, good enough is is not really in your vocabulary you you, you are um, very studious, both in like the way you protect your talent, the way you try to grow and protect your body. And it's like, in this time, you know, if it's sunny outside and I get outside and, and have a little bit more open, open space to train and things like that, great. Like perfect's a good goal. Like get after it today, dig in, you know, all those gritty terms. But like I've I've kind of had to flex my like maintenance muscle in terms of, you know, just yeah. doing some prep work for the next day or for... You know, so I can I can feel as best I can, and I mean, you know, you you're you're such a a veteran now. You're an Olympian. You know, second overall pick. You've got this long pedigree of finding a way to you know get it done. Um, you know, how have you sort of used those experiences? I guess just being in the league as long as you have to keep in mind what's important and blocking out the noise of the uncertainty.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said earlier, I mean, I wanna to try to play as long as I can and that's kind of been my underlying goal is just to maximize my talents and maximize uh maximize everything about uh this this career and um certainly again like uh w- w- with these times it's uh you you're trying to stay mentally Kind of on as much as you can, but you've got to be a little more forgiving with yourself, I think at these times I mean certainly there's some days where you're like you said that uh those uh using the maintenance days and things like that as far as just again giving your giving yourself a break some days as far as uh, some of that, but certainly uh it's again it's challenging times uh for all of us
0: what's well, kind of been your week like what are you eating right now with the injury like how are you how are you training you you I know weren't Yep. always a, a huge into weight because you're not a guy try, looking to put on weight and muscle tissue like you're yep. you're at your playing size you've been matured you know for quite some time like what's been your your focus right now at this time
1: yeah i think that's been the one thing i every i've my weight has pretty much maintained what it was at uh when i was playing so i'm happy with that but uh, i'm lucky uh i'm staying here with my in-laws and i've got pretty much a gourmet chef and uh my father-in-law so he's been cooking up a bunch of the meals and uh uh, yeah, that's been, that's been pretty convenient and, uh, really nice to have.
0: Well, I know, I know when we talk about like high performance, you know, you, you were a little bit of, a, a you did a, a really nice job for me, introducing me to some of the resources you knew around town in Toronto. When I got there, you know, I remember you're rehabbing your foot. You've had a couple, you know, major injuries and, and, you know, of all of those, um, what advice would you give maybe a young professional or a young player? Trying to sort of build their team, build their uh, their their group of people that they can feel that they can be their best with, because you've done a really nice job of that,
1: yeah, I think for me, it's just that I've always had that curious nature, and uh, obviously, I'm super passionate about just just my my career and just maximizing everything about hockey and things like that. so I think just that curiousness has uh, our curiosity has led me uh. Led me to all down all these different roads and exploring all these different things, and obviously everyone has a different sort of uh, makeup of what works best for them. But uh, I'm willing to try pretty much anything if I think it's going to give me an edge. So I think that's been great in the sense of it's, it's it, again things evolve every single day. So if I'm always trying to find that that edge in the sense of what else can give me that extra one percent. Um, of, uh, improvements. So, uh, again, it's led me to a lot of great people over the years. And, um, yeah, that's, that's been uh, really, really cool for me from just the learning aspect of learning from all these people and all these different fields and the different things that I can try to apply to, to my own career and my own, uh, my own, um, health and stuff like that.
0: When did that curiosity really start? Was it with like when you were playing with, you know, other guys like Tyler Bozak who are really into this stuff and, you know, <laughs> Phil, no, no, guards, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> when did it really um, all start
0: for you? Yeah, I don't know. I think that the
1: curiosity side of it, I think it started when I was, like, really young, to be honest. Like, I was lucky. Like, one of the coaches I played for just growing up in, like, youth hockey, like, he'd be like, you know what, guys? Like, yeah, we'd do, like, push-ups and sit-ups and jump rope and stuff like that. So I was always kind of, like, curious, and I saw, the, saw how that kind of – Uh, helped me with my improvement, and um, again, that sort of just evolved over the years. I remember, uh, I I think it was after my freshman year in high school, I remember coming back into my room one day, and my dad had this little sign that he printed out, and thinking of him using a printer at that point, and finding this, (laughs) and putting it on a page, must have taken him hours, but he put this note up on my wall, and it was, by failing to prepare, you're preparing preparing to fail. And um, again, I, 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 at that point, I again, I didn't really know much about what that, what like what the what the message was in the sense of okay, what does this have to do with, with this? But I think it, it, that's always kind of led that kind of led me down the path of just the curiosity and um, doing the things before the game, so that when you go and play the game, you're just out there playing. You're not worried about all these other things. You know, you've prepared and studied for the test. And you're ready to just go out there and let your abilities take over.
0: Well, there's so many uncontrollables in our sport. So like to identify what you can't control, you know, is so important. It's been something I've, I've really tried to embody, you know, as, as I, you know, become more and more veteran, like energy level and health. It's so, it's a, it's a war of attrition. It's like a marginal gains every day. You're just trying to, you know, make deposits into that piggy bank of feeling good. And, um, I guess you know, I'm most curious because I see I, I've seen you you know eat the diet that you do. You, you care about what you put in your body. you're human, you have you know moments like everybody else where you know you score two and you have a piece of pizza <laughs> on the plane, whatever. but you know you do a really nice job with the physical side. I'm more so uh, like to me, the development of skill and sort of that mental resiliency that you've shown over your career, you know because you've had big years where you're scoring you've had. Uh, you know, you've been traded, you've been signed back now, you know, in Philly, you know, a couple of tough markets to play in. Like what is sort of your mental uh routine and skill set? Like how have you built that over the years to when you are scoring to continue to, when you're not scoring, uh, to find a way to stay with it? Cause that is that's what you get paid to do at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think uh again, I think playing in these in the markets that I've played in, certainly just thinking about my career professionally, um, that's one of the things I think that brings out the best in me. I think I like playing and kind of a little bit more under that uh, spotlight, where again, you know, if you don't score for a few games, you, you're, there might be a story about it. So that's going to Toronto and seeing stuff like that was uh, was always interesting. But I think I love again. I think playing in that, as far as mentally, I think it just just being almost immersed in the in um, in hockey. I mean, I I love what I do. I care about what I do. I'm always thinking about it. So to play in places where that matters um to the people in the city and the fans and the organization and things like that i think that that's always kind of brought the best out of me and i kind of love being in that sort of environment and atmosphere i think uh that for the as far as like my mental um just mental ability to have that to find that consistency every day i think that certainly uh is a part of it and it definitely helps uh, bring out the best in me
0: so mentally like do you have because um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely curious about how you developed a skill set, and I, and I want to talk about, you know, your youth hockey. Uh, but first, just mentally, do you have like a, a, I don't know, from a mindset perspective, do you have a gratitude practice? Do you have a visualization practice? Anything that kind of gets you into a flow state, you know, pre-game? Because you know, you and I have both, uh, you know, been in the NHL long enough. Like the NHL doesn't wait for you to get going. You've got to arrive ready from shift number one because you're always yeah. being evaluated we're a little bit different you've had you know a lot more success in your career so it's something that i've really gone gotten in tune with where i used to let the game kind of get me in the flow like ah i'll warm up i'll do my stuff you know my my visualization stuff listen to my song but you know after a shift or two you make a play you get hit okay now i'm gone and you know that was a luxury i didn't necessarily always have at the nhl level like i had to prove myself from the moment i stepped on the ice i felt during warm up so what's what are some tools that you know you've developed over the course of your career
1: yeah, I think uh, for, for those mental things, again, that stuff in the last couple of years, I think I've started to realize just the um, the different things that you can do uh, to help that as far as like a routine. Because like, again, it's always like you, you get told these things, oh, you got to be mentally strong or you got to do these things or do uh, work on strength or whatever, or, like do these different things on the ice. And it's like, what does that look like? Like, how do you improve that? So there's different things I've definitely been exposed to over the years and in the, in the last couple of years, I've found just doing some different breathing techniques and stuff like that. That's really kind of helped me kind of focus in and be a little bit more present in the moment as far as stuff before games. And I found also, again, like stuff to help me sleep and, and things like that. So I think that's a big thing that a lot of times, uh again, it seems like, uh, just in, in, over the years of exploring different things, it seems like something that, uh, again, it's such a basic thing. You think like how many breaths do we take in a day, but it's something that maybe you don't really get taught a ton about. So that's been really cool for me to learn a lot about over the last couple of years.
0: I, I uh, I find the breath work, it's always available. It's free to everyone. Um, and I like both sides of it. I can use it, you know, to kind of heat up the body and get real juiced up for a game. If my energy's down, you know, or I, th- I thought it was great. You touched on that, like the post game, being able to get down and sleep, like in all the movies you see, you remember the Titans growing up and all the pump up, you know, sports movies, miracle. You see the big speech before the team puts on Thunderstruck or whatever, fired up, you know, song and you get fired up. But like, you know, the art uh, as an NHL, like you're playing so much that that post game routine to get ready for the next one is, is as important as that pregame and it's something that I didn't really have coming into the NHL that I needed to develop really quick
1: yeah you know for sure and that's something for me like you said like there's there's uh as far as my routine there's lots of different things I'll try to do so like that was one of the things uh again that I've only maybe really focused on a ton in the last couple years and I've noticed huge huge uh, improvements as far as just how do I feel day to day uh um, don't feel as beat up and stuff like that, and just feel more ready to just again pre- just prepared, I guess, every single day to be able to just be at my best and not have it be be sluggish or, or more sluggish, I guess, without doing things like that or more stiff or things like that. So um, yeah, like that that post game stuff is uh, is pretty huge in that sense.
0: So post game, like I was using either like a meditation app, like Headspace, or I think Calm's another one I've used. Uh, I'll do the Wim Hof breathing, you know, kind of like the big, uh, like 30 breaths into the breath hold. I like that one. What breathing techniques are you using like before and after? Like what's the difference between the two kind of?
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, kind of my stuff before game, it's a little bit uh, a combination of kind of getting being present, but also trying to breathe in a position where. Your kind of body is in a better posture so um so that's kind of more my my thought process for like before and then post game it's just more deep kind of belly breaths almost like close your Rest, eyes digest, yeah, yeah, chill right, out. exactly more like that so as far as like specific protocols um again that sometimes that'll get Adjusted, but I kind of just more go a little bit by feel with some of that. Where just like that kind of I feel better like just doing it like that. It's more pregame where I would say I use something a little more specific, and then postgame just trying to just just bring yourself down as far as just taking those deep breaths, having your eyes closed, and just trying to chill out a bit.
0: You know, pregame, you are a player that you you do score, you do score consistently, and you do sort of have a trademark like hash marks and net front. I haven't played with anybody better. Like the next shot, I give you waist high that you miss the tip will be the first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there like I don't know. I guess what's your mindset around scoring? Like what when you are scoring, what are you consistently doing well? And do you have like any words or cues that you sort of use? So like for me as a D man, I guess my role's a, a little bit more versatile. I gotta I gotta you know be do more, and, and it's a little bit more of like trying to be aware of who I'm out there against, you know? So for me, like one of the things I learned earlier in my career was like, you've got to gap way up, got to gap way up and be, and be, mm. you know, uh, beyond the right angle. Like it, you had to be so aware of where your winger was because guys blow the zone, you know, so fast. Um, you know, another thing that I, like, I don't, I don't really write it on my stick. I don't really like to do that, but uh, was like, find your box out early was, you know, as a smaller guy had to make sure, you know, I found my box out the dot because if it got all the way to the net front, you know, it gets more difficult from there. Um, You know, and just like our buddy Jake Gardner, I tried to take as much pride as I could in my (laughs) first pass. And as long as I followed those three things, like my game kind of fell in line. What's kind of your foundation or like what verbiage do you use with yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I, I remember actually the kind of things that I think before the game is just, uh, I'm trying to think which, which coach it might've been in, uh, In an end-of-year meeting, I think I had with uh, Ron Ralston uh, when I played at the U.S. program, Mm -hmm. he kind of asked me one time, and we were chatting, just like, what do you think, um, when you're playing your best, what do you think you're doing? So I kind of thought about it, and then we chatted about it. So I was like, obviously, just being competitive, uh, skating, shooting the puck, Mm -hmm. and then being physical. So um, I think maybe just with how the game is now, that's kind of some of those things are obviously the skating aspect is so important now and the competitiveness has always been important, but I think the physicality part, like, certainly it just seems like, uh, the time, like you have to finish your checks in the right situations and not necessarily just go chasing for it. But, uh, those are certainly things that, uh, again, I think just, just being like physically in those areas. And, um, uh, for me, it's more, more I say that part of the physicality than like going out there running around. But uh, I think that's kind of, again, when I'm at my best, that's kind of how, how things are going.
0: Well, I, I, you know, just interviewed uh, and talked with Zach Hyman and both of you, I thought were interesting in that, like two of the more consistent players in your roles that I've ever played with. Like, I just felt like playing with you two very different, you know, in terms of, mm-hmm. of skill set, what you guys do? But like just that clarity uh, with which you try to play with every night you know, was something I always looked up to as I was trying to, you know, establish, you know, my role as a D-man, you know, in this league because it is such an art, you know, learning to, like, you're either in the NHL, there's really, I find, like, three types of players. You're either the bonafide, you know, male carrier, the superstar, the one that, you know, everyone knows is on the ice, Uh, the guy that, you know, makes those guys, you know, look really good so for Heims, it's more getting the puck back for those guys for you it's like finishing the the high end you know touch plays around the net or you're the good guy that can defend them you know and it's really it's amazing the way the NHL has gotten you know more clear with those lanes and and just how much more skilled it's gotten even since I know when you came in the league I came in the league a little after you but talk about how the games changed since since you started as a, as a young flyer.
1: Yeah, you know what I, I I've again obviously you have a lot more time now to think about different things and uh, <laughs> you see things on Twitter and uh, they are re- replaying a lot of old games. So uh, certainly just thinking about some of that stuff in my first team and just thinking about just the sheer just toughness that we had on that team. Like we had guys like my uh, Aaron Asham, uh, Dan Carcillo, Ian Lapierre, Riley Cote, uh, just tons of guys that Nails. brought like that just that element of like basically, you're not going to mess with our team. So that was my first, uh, like in my rookie year, I played a lot with Aaron Asham and, uh, and Claude Giroux. And it was awesome having uh, Ash out there on the ice with me just because anytime anyone even like looked at me, he'd, 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 he'd basically switch wings with me and, and then, he'd, be, and then he'd, he'd have a word with, uh, with the other guy there. So, so no, uh, as far as just how that's kind of, I mean, again, just speaking of the difference in the game now, obviously uh, some of that is uh, not as prevalent um, just game to game. Obviously, I think there's still, it's, uh, we still have obviously the, the fighting aspect. It seems to be now a little bit still, those emotional sort of fights when two guys are battling it out and then want to, want to settle things and that sort of stuff. But certainly, uh, it's not quite as, uh, um, consistent as it was, uh, back when I first started.
0: Well, you are reflective, like, you know, that way I I'm trying to do the same thing. Even watch old. Clips of, you know, my OHL uh, conference final game against the London Knights was on the other night on YouTube. And I watched like the live broadcast. And it was so much fun to see like some of the different habits, just how different your skating looks over the years. Or maybe what, you know, the height of your stick was you were using at that time. You know, but I I do want to talk. We never really talked about it until there was one. Uh, we were on a father's trip. And I think we were talking about like key memories we had growing up. And I started talking about the the Blackhawks Stanley Cup run. And I had totally blanked that you were on that team. Uh-huh. But like, oh. I like, you know, looking back, it was earlier in your career, you know, invaluable experience between, you know, the, the comeback against Boston and then the Stanley Cup final. Like, I don't want to reopen old wounds, yeah. but you know, what have you, you know, what, have you thought much about that? Have you, have you, what have you learned and, and really taken from that? Cause you know, NHL Uh, Stanley Cup experience you you, we see it at every trade deadline we see how valuable it is you know when teams decide to sign players like you can't replicate unless you've been there and you know I've always been we haven't talked about it at length and and you know I I wanted you to yeah spill uh, it out man
1: no for sure yeah (laughs) Uh, thinking back to just like my first couple years in the league I think my situation again was was a little bit unique in the sense that uh Usually, when a team is picking like that high in the draft, like you're kind of coming in to maybe a little bit less of an established team, a team that's a little bit in flux. But the uh, the Flyers basically, it was kind of just one of those weird years where everything went wrong, and they were able to uh, get a high draft pick. But like even the next year, I think they went to like the conference final, and I was mm-hmm. still in college at that point. But but uh, certainly coming in when I uh, with with that team. Uh, it gave me a chance to learn from like a lot of great players. I mean, ultimately, I did, the opportunity maybe wasn't as much as, uh, as uh again, when you're usually getting picked in that part of the draft. Usually, like I mentioned, the team's maybe in more of a rebuilding phase, but this was a team that was ready to contend and stuff like that. So it was great to, again, as far as my kind of – uh Baptism under fire, I guess, where you get to <laughs> yeah. get to play in meaningful games, and you're on this deep playoff run. And again, I, my first playoffs, I was terrible. Like it was, I, I, I didn't understand the desperation. I like again, it's a whole nother level. But going after going through that the first time, and then the second uh, go around the following year that I had, like as far as just my personal development, like. I was so much more ready and then you realize what it what it took and all these different things and I was able to be much more successful but yeah, I'm lucky that I got a chance to not only just play on a good team but also learn from guys that were great in these moments. Guys like, again, like Danny Briere, who always, every single playoff seemed to, he was, to, he was yeah. unbelievable. He'd take his game to another level and guys again, like Chris Pronger, he'd want to, won a Stanley cup. And, um, again, in the, in the past, but like those were two guys, Ian LaPerriere, just the guys that just with the sacrifice and the, the different level they brought it to in the playoffs. I think, uh, that was unbelievable for me to see early in my career like that. And then I think again, like going forward, whenever, when I've gotten the, the, the opportunities to play in the playoffs like that, I think again, it's, um, just, it's, it's, I think I, I, it helped help set me up for the rest of my career just to know what it takes to be successful and, uh, and things like that.
0: What's the, um, man, I remember in the final when Pronger and Bufflin, who was playing forward at the time, were going at a couple of Titans. I was at that Two game.
1: absolute, just massive human M- beings. Yeah. Just <laughs> monsters going at it. Like that was, uh, oh, yeah.
0: what, a, what a series. But uh, tell me, you know, from the, the Boston series in particular, like being down, you know, three rip and coming back and winning in game seven? Like, was there a, a moment or a play that really, you, you need more than just one to come back and win four straight against, you know, another team that's obviously been good enough now to, you know, put you down three games and be yeah. in the playoffs, but, um, you know, what were some of the turning points in that series?
1: Yeah, just looking back to that series against Boston, obviously uh we go down three nothing, but uh certainly all three games were very close. It wasn't, obviously they were they're one game away from winning but it wasn't it didn't feel like ever like they were that much better than us at at that point like we were in any game and every game there and could have had a different result in a couple of them especially so I just remember the the game I think it was game four um, I think crazy got hurt for them and we were able to squeak one out in overtime and I think that's when the series kind of changed because again, our team, one of the strengths of our team was our depth at center and mm-hmm. uh, and certainly he's a really key guy for them. So I think that kind of opened up an opportunity for us and then we pushed it to game seven. We're down three, nothing. Um, I remember the coach called a timeout like with maybe like six or seven minutes left in the first and we're just like, we're just, he's just like, you know what, just focus on getting one before the period. And then I was able to, I probably scored one of the flukiest Goals of my career, and that's that's saying something for some of them that I get. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, just threw one on net and hit a defenseman, went through the goalie's five hole or something like that, and uh, and then yeah, then and then again, obviously we were able to just we storm back, and I think we won four or three. So uh, so yeah, it was, that was one of the craziest things I'd as far as again getting a ton of experience in year one it's like you're down three nothing in a series usually i mean i'd never played in a playoff series like that ever before Mm. as far as like best of seven or whatever so i was a little naive to how special it was i think but now looking back it's like you realize it's it's happened like what maybe like less than one percent of the time uh when teams are in those situations so uh looking back on that that's something that was pretty pretty cool to, to be a part of
0: and it is incredible like, you know, NHLers try every night. Like we're we're proud professionals. Um but just over the course of an 82 game season with the travel and with, you know, you're always playing a different opponent, you know, there's not that uh that juice on opening night is hard to maintain, right? Like that's why you eat so good and try and sleep the best you can so you can manufacture to feel the best you can. But it's just not realistic. But there's something about the NHL playoffs when that building is just Jam like we both played in the Washington series um and and together with the with the Leafs like I remember the jump from my first NHL preseason to my first NHL game you know my dad was like what was the difference out there and my dad was you know huge in my development growing up I know your dad was and we're both the oldest in our family so I think we have similar you know leadership qualities and trying to lead you know two younger brothers to careers in hockey and we've talked about that but I, I was talking to my dad after I go you know it's almost like they decided to tie their skates tonight. Like <laughs> yeah, in comparison uh, to preseason, it's like uh, you know, it's the it, it seemed like they just decided to it was game on, and then something about the playoffs too, like just the the physical jump, the intensity on every puck. Like for whatever reason, that that space where a guy like decides to peel off a hit, which is usually like four feet during the regular season, it turns yep. into like twelve feet in the <laughs> postseason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, incredible. So you do, you do end up, you know, did you take it? I am curious because you're, you're, friends with Caner, Patrick Kane, you know, who we both yeah. know you're both super competitive guys. Um, did you in that Stanley cup final, you know, I know you're so focused on the ultimate goal, but I always knew what player on the other side I was trying to sort of compete with, you know, was that, was that personal at all?
1: Um, you know, it, it, we were just such different stages I think of our careers at that point too. Like I was still that was my rookie season, he was in his mm-hmm. third year. He was obviously very established and I was not. So, um, no, obviously there is that that sense of competitive competitiveness in the sense that yeah, we were the same draft and things like that and uh and it, it, again, obviously I, you want to win so bad at that point. Um, but but yeah, obviously he was on the start of a what was it three cups and seven years run that or whatever however many years it was so uh so yeah it was a a tough way to to lose but again i think just the the experience that i gained from that first season uh just helped set me up uh for the rest of my career in the sense of uh just just the different things and the different um um just the 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 different things you learn from from all that from the different guys on the team and and what just more day to day stuff. I think you only really can for me anyway. I could only really learn it by going through it, and I think that just that experience was invaluable.
0: Yeah, I uh, I remember those young, you know, Blackhawk teams in that series in general because it was. I grew up, I grew up during the dark ages. Like they were, you know, sort of blackballed in town. They weren't on TV and things like that. So it was really interesting. Like I was a sophomore in high school that year, right? Yeah, two thousand and ten. Yeah, I was a sophomore oh. in high school that year. And, like, it was almost, like, overnight I became, like, interesting to talk to at school. Like, people would be like, hey, did you see the, the Hawks? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I've been I've been playing hockey since, you know, yeah. since 2000, yeah. uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, in second grade, you could yeah. ask me. But, yeah. you know, so you end up, you end up, you know, joining, um, you know, the Leafs in, in 2012, right? Yep. Talk to me about your change and what was exciting about that because there is something about playing in toronto for players that don't get the opportunity that is and, and philly is a special market too but there is something about playing and you know in the heart of hockey in, in toronto that you know it was just an honor uh that we got to share together and you know it was uh i know it was a special time in my life it's something that you know i miss from time to time but you know what were some of your i guess favorite ups and downs as being a leaf
1: yeah, you know what again, I think uh just growing up in uh kind of New York Yankee uh country and uh in Jersey where I'm from, uh that's pretty much what I what you can compare it to I think is just, mm-hmm. just be playing for like the Yankees of the NHL. I mean just uh, right away when you uh basically once once you're traded there, it's like your 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 world kind of turns upside down. You get a spike in your social media followers. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, like you you become a little more recognizable. I, I remember driving there actually um, for the first time. Uh, I crossed the cross the border and I'm I'm jacked up, ready to like I'm not too far obviously away from uh, from the city, so I'm jacked mm-hmm. up. I'm I start to to speed a bit, and uh, I end up getting pulled over probably within like half a mile of the border. I'm like, oh, here we go. What a start to this. And uh, I I get pulled over and I I put my window down and I'm like, sorry, uh, I think I was speeding a little bit. And uh, the officer like took a peek at my license and he goes, and he goes, "Uh, can't wait to watch you guys this year. Best of luck. (laughs) And I'm like, this is like, this is next level. So that was, that was my start to, to being kind of introduced to the, the Leaf Nation and just just the the passion of it and um and just it's 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 far reaching and um yeah that i mean that was again it was some of the best years i think uh of my life and obviously we had some some lots of ups and downs as far as uh again my first year there made the playoffs for the first time in a while and and again we talked about just the like that, that atmos- atmosphere was just incredible. I mean, with the people mm-hmm. not only in the building, but you had all these people outside in the Maple Leaf Square there just going crazy. And obviously the the with that with that series that we had there too where we, we battle back from 3-1 and looks things are looking good in game seven and ultimately weren't able to close it out. So just these huge emotional swings um, over the course of uh over the course of the six um seasons there. But uh, again, it, it was a great, great thing for me to experience and uh, I wouldn't change it for anything.
0: Well, there's a certain like element, there's a certain like you bulletproof yourself after going through so much. You know, like I remember the first time I ever got injured, I was in the minors and I separated a shoulder and Hershey and like, I, I thought this was it. Like it was a good, it was a good run. I was 19. I'm all upset. <laughs> you know, I hope it comes back the same. You know, world junior is coming up. I was worried I was going to miss that. And then as you get older and you, you've had these losses and you've had playoff runs, I don't want to say like, you definitely don't care less. It doesn't just become like something you accept, you know, or, or try not to change for the better, but you do have like this, you bulletproof yourself over time, you yeah. know, and you've got, you've got such a, a wide you know, variety of breakthrough and, and heartbreak that, you know, I always, uh, you know, considered you someone I could talk to when things were you know going good or bad. You know when we yeah. were with the Leafs because you you were a part of sort of two regimes like the end of you know the old the old guard you know with the Leafs with Kessel and Dion and and you know that group and then you know sort of uh you know the the rebuild and and then the coming on of Matthews and and Mitchy you know who are some of your uh you know favorite teammates favorite leaders when you first got there because I've heard legendary stories about. Oh. Dion and and uh, met him at your wedding. Yeah, uh, you know Phil. You know still scoring at Will. You know out west yep. and and then just kind of the excitement that you were still a part of. Uh, you know an organization with such a history uh, when the new the new wave was coming.
1: Yeah, I think again like like you mentioned, uh, just that that two very distinct eras. I mean, uh, certainly again when I first got there, like Dion uh, Phil. Um, John Michael Lyles, uh, Colton Orr, guys like that. I remember Dion, like uh, right after I got traded, I, I get this call from uh, from like an unknown number or a private number, and uh, usually don't answer those. And I'm like, oh, I just got traded. Like, I don't, maybe, maybe I should just answer this. So I ended up answering it. And there it is, Dion on the other line. So now every time I get a call from one of those numbers, I know I better answer. I'm going to be hearing it from him. But no, I mean, guy like him, I mean, he's one of the, the best leaders uh I've ever played with and just just his professionalism and how he carried himself. Uh I, I learned a lot and grew up a lot just by learning a lot from him, uh stuff like that. And uh as far as uh stuff with Phil, I mean he was uh he was a one man comedy show. I don't know if he even realized it half the time. But uh again he was someone I who helped uh helped me a ton, especially my early um Early years in Toronto, there me him and Bosey had a ton of chemistry. Uh, we were able to um, be pretty successful. We were able to play in the Olympics together and have some uh, mm-hmm. do some good things over there. But uh, even today, I'll never forget when. Uh, so we played those guys the first time Pittsburgh after he got traded and. Uh, Again, I like to like to mess around with him a little bit just because I again you know, just try to just try to screw with him a little bit. And uh off the opening face off, I'm lined up against him and I whack him right on the top of the on the top of the lease is just just to see what I see get a rise out of him. And he doesn't even smile, doesn't do nothing, doesn't do, just looks over at me and he goes, Don't forget who made you a player in this league. <laughs> <laughs> and I I was like, I, tried, I had to keep it keep it together there uh pretty good. But uh so but no, those guys were we're, we're pretty classic uh, to play with. And, and then again, uh, um, as far as the, the new regime uh, and stuff like that, that was certainly uh, um, a couple of tough years in between. And then we obviously mm-hmm. have this huge injection of, of uh, youthful talent and stuff like that. So, uh, and obviously that's the, still the current era of, uh, of the Leafs right now with, with those guys. But uh, certainly it was a lot of fun to play there for all those years.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I remember sort of in the beginning, there was like this there was this energy every day, you know, that the team was gonna be, you know, really good really soon and you wanted to be a part of like who, you know, the brass identified as, okay, this guy's a part of the core, you know, moving forward. And you were a lot closer to, you know, uh staying there than, than I was, I think. And and, you know, you had a lot of success with those guys as they as they came in. What what young talents! Kind of a show too of just how different the game's gotten, you know, with the the youth, you know, being able to play such a skill game right away, like you were talking about earlier in Philly, you know, the, the younger player can is is doing more nowadays. It's cool to, it's cool to see. Um, t- what what do you remember from Sochi? Because that's such a, you know, being a U.S. Olympian, like I can't think of, you know, the two things you dream of growing up in hockey, right? Like Stanley Cup and to wear your country's jersey um you know you've 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 you know almost come really close to doing both but you you nailed the um olympic showing talk talk to me about that
1: yeah i think uh i remember watching like the us on international hockey just growing up and then um i remember watching a 17 year old phil kessel at the world juniors um and i think it was in like north dakota i remember this guy just flying around and just just absolutely dominating and then Again, I got a chance to play at the u s program, and then you kind of really realize how much uh how much of an honor it is to get to play for your country and how those opportunities should be should be cherished and things like that and then you kind of at that point you're like, "Wow, how cool would it be to be in an Olympics one day so to fast forward and to get a chance to not only play there but to have that that 17 year old who was dominating as my roommate and linemate was uh was uh was pretty sweet so um yeah we uh as far as uh sochi um yeah it was uh, just that whole olympic experience uh was was definitely pretty cool i mean you're walking around you're seeing all these other different athletes from all these other sports and again it's 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 almost a little bit different for us just because like we're obviously nhlers and doing this professionally and this is like a kind of a cherry on top but you also have people there who literally trained like four years their whole life just for that like one race or one meet or one event or whatever they're doing so like there's certainly a a, it's it's cool to be around all that just because again everyone that's there is kind of there for it's like a business trip obviously to 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 take care take care of what they're there to do but also just trying to soak all that in and being around all that was uh, was was really cool
0: that was something. Did you learn anything? Like, it was were, were there any sort of, like, tricks of the trade or, um, you know, athletes at that Olympics that you really looked up to and maintained a relationship with? Because, you know, something I've even thought about on on quarantine is Olympic athletes. You know, yeah. like, we're usually training, if you are out of the playoffs in April, you know, you know in September, and, I mean, gosh, that feels like a a huge macro training cycle. You're like, September's forever away. Yeah. Um, you know, but I've tried to channel, like, you know, my respect for Olympians who, you know, if, if they're in the 200 meter or whatever, like they train four years for that, you know, uh, you know, minute and a half of prep up to the, the track meet and then they run and, you know, it's, it's another four years till they, you know, really get to the pinnacle of what they're doing again.
1: Yeah, Yeah. You know what, again, as far as just, uh, getting to meet people over there and different athletes, that was a little bit more of a challenge just because we did show Mm -hmm. up late and we basically left before, so like the events, like the the opening ceremony and closing ceremonies where you probably get a chance to to chat it up with some of these uh, people a little bit more. We didn't really get a chance to uh, to do that uh, a ton while we were there. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to think like, uh, w- w- obviously just uh, with Phil, like, his sister was there at the Olympics as well. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of fun to watch, uh, watch her. And um, I, I remember being at the gold medal game where they had that like 140 foot, shot at the empty net that hit the post and then Canada comes down and ties it up and then uh, wins it in overtime um which was uh which was a crazy game to be at but uh, just again going to different events like that I think we we went to that we went to some of the uh the figure skating and stuff like that but uh again you can kind of feel that in the crowd as far as uh like I said it's a little bit different when they're when it's like kind of like the four years of training for this you're you're at that you're you're at that moment but they're they've been obviously training at such a long time uh for that in in that sense
0: yeah i talked with uh jana hefford a little bit about that she was a five-time olympic medalist with four golds and you know just with the women's game like they generally had an idea of who they were going to meet and like that you know i'm friends with kendall Coyne, like that uh disdain for their opponent is so real and and it's something that i always look forward to you know i hope I hope uh, men's hockey returns to the Olympics, but the women's hockey is always an outstanding, outstanding event. Those women work so hard for so long to to go ready, you know, to go beat, you know, someone they likely played the the last year.
1: Yep, for sure. And then again, like with that, I know leading up to the Olympics too, it's like obviously the U.S. and Canada are usually the favorites and they've played each other like 10 times leading up to it. And this is going to be the game for everything right here. So that that aspect of it was pretty... uh, pretty interesting of all the the grind of all that and all the probably the just the mental side of uh of all the thinking about all those games leading up to it and then that's the game that's for everything so
0: yeah it's it's unreal just the amount of pressure it's like uh you know waiting four years for a game seven you know that's coming um yeah. talk to- Tell me a little bit what that was like rooming with Phil. Because I do know there's, I remember, you know, like uh-huh. my first training camp as a as a young Washington capital. Like I remember like the sort of different milestones. It was like, you know, Mike Green, I came home and told my wife, Lexi, uh-huh. you know, it lacks Mike Green said hi to me today, you know, because he was a couple of years back tucking 30 yeah. a year from uh-huh. the blue line. Like he was, uh-huh. he was my guy and, you know, uh-huh. uh, getting a, it's almost like you're meeting, I don't know, like you're 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 meeting like this character, you're meeting this character that you know, you've seen, you you feel like you know them well yeah. and like they know nothing about you. Yeah. So it's like this.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. I think well, again, at that stage, uh in in my career, especially obviously I think that was what after my fourth season or fifth season mm-hmm. it was in the league. So uh certainly you get to know a few guys a little bit more over. Over those years, but uh, but again, it's like you said, going into those uh events like uh like that and playing on a team with uh with guys like that, you get you get to know guys a little bit better and see what they're all about. And um, again, one guy that I didn't know a lot before that's become a really really good friend of mine is uh, uh Paul Stasny. So, again, he was a guy that was really really fun to play with uh, over there, and uh, I've gotten pretty tight with him over the years. And uh, just again, he's someone again who's also into just. finding 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 an edge and uh just doing whatever it takes to to improve uh his craft and stuff like that so again after just playing with him there too you get uh get an extra level of uh respect for him and again with phil it was that, that thinking about that year we we had gone into the olympics on an absolute heater like uh with the leafs like we were playing super well like we were scoring a ton and the team was doing well and then we Again, going over to the Olympics. Uh, again, we, we had a, some pretty good chemistry going, and then obviously running into just a complete uh, buzz saw in Canada. I think the game was one nothing or something like that. But just again, it's uh, just one of those things, uh, one of those games where that uh, that sort of happened. And then mm-hmm. coming back from that Olympics, I remember our season did not uh, did not go too well, and we ended up just falling out of the playoff picture and things like that. So that the other aspect of that was uh, was disappointing for sure too.
0: So, uh, eventually we, we both end up, you know, moving out of Leafland, you know, and you're, you're back in Philly. Um, you, you, you sign a big ticket as a free agent, you know, talk about, you know, your, your past season and just kind of where your focus is, is next. Cause I like knowing you talking about previous stories is fun. We enjoy it. Uh, we talking about previous successes. We, we enjoy it. You try to learn from, but like you you always strike me as a guy like you're looking for what's next. You're you're focused on something else, and that's just kind of what's motivated you to you know this this place in your career. Um, you know what's kind of your goal? I guess uh you know in in quarantine particularly as you as you continue to you know get healthy, but you know with the flyers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, for me, I, I guess the with the quarantine and the games getting uh, kind of postponed for now, I, I was. I had just uh broken a finger so it's given me some time to heal and get things right and uh be ready to go so I've just again been focusing a lot on that and uh with with our team like uh, we had a lot of changes uh coming into to this season last year we definitely underachieved a bit so we come in this year we have a new coaching staff uh bringing a, a bunch of uh mm. new key guys uh, I think again Uh, management did just such a good job of identifying the things that we needed as far as not only just like on on the ice but just presence as far as uh what was going to be a good fit for the locker room and i think um we had a tight team already but i think these these different sort of personalities that we added to just kind of fit in perfectly and added the the right mix of what we were missing and we were playing some of our best hockey uh going into this uh going into yeah, this break, work. we were on like a, I think we had a 10 game winning streak that just ended like the game before, um, this break break started. So, um, hopefully we're able to pick up some of that momentum, uh, uh, when we're able to resume things.
0: Well, and I think, you know, your identity as a player is, is very well established, but sometimes, you know, when you do deal with, you know, different management, uh, staffs, different coaches, like they all demand and kind of have you know, what they focus on, you know, differently. I think you've done a nice job over the course of your career of, like, adapting to, you know, what coaches want and and the way the team, you know, has their style of play, but you always have had that strong sense of identity of, like, uh, I'm James Van Riemsyke and you're going to find me at the net front. I'm, I'm going to tip a couple <laughs> bucks in, yeah, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I think, again, that's always the, the fine line, I think, as for any player. I mean, uh, obviously, you have to you have to buy into the the team structure and system and and things like that and what they're looking from out of you but you also again there's a reason you are where you are and you can't you, again uh, while there's times to adapt you also have to play to your strengths um in in that sense so you, again there's always kind of that that uh that sort of line to try to to find the good balance uh of those things and uh again I'll Trying to find that chemistry with with different players and stuff like that, so uh, again that's that's always kind of the part I think uh, especially when you have a new coaching staff, uh, they're always trying to tinker with things to try to find that best best uh mix and uh, the balance that works the best and things like that so that that's always an interesting part of about playing for uh for different coaches and certainly have an experience a, a experience for playing for a lot of different coaches. I think it's probably been maybe in this is my eleventh year. I think it's been like seven or eight of them. So there's yeah. always that adjustment period, and uh, you try to go through that with a good, good uh, line of communication and things like that. And um, yeah, obviously everyone wants the same same goal, and as far as just being successful and helping the team win. So um, so yeah, ultimately having those good lines of uh, communication, I think, is is so critical. And you find and you see that all the the best teams I think have, uh, have all that, um, basically straightened out.
0: And we, we talked a lot about sort of your, your mental resolve, your, uh, physical resolve. You are you know, going to be a father soon. You and, and Lauren are expecting. And, uh, w- you know, I was honored to be a part of your wedding by the way. And, mm-hmm. and I had Himes mm-hmm. talk a little bit about uh, my ability to bring energy to the dance floor. Yeah. Cause I'm starting. I'm trying to start a you know, like a for hire cameo style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for like you know wedding crashers for, <laughs> for dancing. Um. So if you can pump my tires yeah. there, that'd be great. Yeah. But, you know, spiritually, like, how are you readying for you know this new chapter of your life? You know, because um, you are someone that is is very committed. You are someone where you know and and you believe you're always on the clock. It's a 24 hour you know, job preparing for your craft and executing it and then preparing to do it again. You know, how are you, where, where are you at, you know, spiritually with, with the baby on the way?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I again, that's, uh, something again, you, you get all different people telling you all these, uh, different things and trying to give advice and different things you can read and stuff like that. But I think ultimately, at least for me, like, I think, uh, just i don't know if realness is the right word but like the reality of all that i think is only really going to hit when uh when the baby's born and uh we're we're taking her home with us so uh again it's uh it's one of those things i think uh certainly you try to be prepared as you can for it but ultimately just going through the different ups and downs that uh that, that new parents go through i'm sure i won't be immune to any of that so it's uh again it's a, it's a, it's an exciting stage of life uh, just for uh for my family and uh again i'm excited for my parents too their first time grandparents now Mm -hmm. and um yeah obviously during all this uh having a baby is is throwing another curveball into things nothing quite like having your first kid during a international uh, crisis but uh, but but no it's going to be it's going to be great and uh i guess one of the positives of all this too is that i'll I get more time to just be at home and just there for all those little moments that happen along the way that maybe i wouldn't have been able to be at otherwise if we were playing right now so I'm certainly trying to look at the positives of of that but uh yeah i'm sure there's going to be a learning curve as far as uh trying to find the best way to to balance uh managing, uh, managing your career and the stuff that it takes to be successful there, but also again, being there for, for your family and, uh, um, supporting your family.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, that's been something I've been really grateful for. You know, I know a lot of people out there are, are struggling and, and, you know, the NHL being on pause and that, um, you know, but certainly I've, I've enjoyed It's a Saturday morning here as we, you know, record it's raining outside, you know, did my, my training this morning it's, it's been nice to be able to exhale a little bit with the NHL. Like you're always on the clock. You're always, you know, ready for the next game and and getting ready. And even, I mean, you know, you and I are wired a little bit uh, similar in this regard, you know, even, even at season's end, it's like two or three days and you're getting itchy to, you know, you want to keep the hands, you know, going, you want to keep the skill going. So, um, you know, shout out to our wives, Lexi and Lauren for dealing with all our long hours where we're, doing our Do and our myofascial <laughs> stretching and table work post game. Yeah. Um, no, I'm really excited for you guys. And, and, uh, you know, I always, I always respected and, and, you know, thanks for your time today, but I always respected the way you went about your craft. I always appreciate like your quiet fire. I remember, uh, we used to, you know, live right across from each other when we we're playing in Toronto. And, uh, you know, I asked you for a ride home after, you know, one of the, Uh, plane rides back uh, after the road game and I was debating like it was a it was a really contentious game I can't remember what the game was and I'm like you know I was I was kind of unsettled with something with the way you know uh, the game had gone down and and wanted to talk with a teammate about it I'm sitting there we're both like silent in the car and I'm sitting there and I'm like I can't take it anymore I got to bring it up I'm like Man, that was bullshit. What happened tonight? I couldn't believe that game. And like immediately, you erupted. Like yeah. you had that quiet fire. You just needed someone else to spark it. Yeah, yeah for And sure. I thought that was really a good step in in our relationship. But I always enjoyed playing with you. I got a you know a lot of respect and and you know for the way you've been able to score for so long. And I definitely take you seriously when you're driving the net. And I'm you know trying to cross check you first kind of thing. But uh, Vr, thanks yeah. for your time, man. Tell Lauren I say hi and all the best with the with the with the baby and. Um, you know this was great man it was great to catch up
1: righty, man thanks for having me I'm uh, excited to see how uh, this podcast evolves for you and I know you'll do a great job with it so uh, it'll be fun to follow
0: well I'm glad you found the cord too I don't think yeah. we would have had an issue if it, if it was a bar stool thing you, you stoolie but you know all of a sudden for my podcast you're yeah. slow getting on first
1: time on the real mic here so that's a huge moment for me yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's not, amateur hours over man yeah. we're, we're getting dialed in with the audio yeah. Um, so awesome. Thanks, man. I, uh, oh, I got, I do have one final question and Mm -hmm. this is kind of an open floor. mic question I've been asking every guest is, you know, what is lighting you on fire in the world right now? It can be an athletic endeavor. It can, you know, be about the baby. Um, you know, can just be talking about Mm -hmm. the the grief in the world, anything. I don't want to, you know, bias you too much, but what's been that one thought that's just tugging on your shirt, something you've been thinking a lot about something that's been on your, you know, a focus point, a fire point for you.
1: Um, yeah, I think for me, there's a couple, couple, obviously like having the baby right now, like you're mm. kind of, that's always, always there as far as like, are we going to have to head, uh, what, when, when are we going to, I'm going to have to be ready to, on call, obviously to drive over to the hospital and be ready to roll. So there's always that. But, uh, I guess for me now, um, like, I, like most of the country, I'm sure watching that, uh. The Last Dance about the Bulls, unreal. Yeah, so I, I found like obviously just so interesting all the cast, of characters, and just uh, and now I've been reading a bunch of things just about Phil Jackson, just because I think he's got a just his perspective and just reading articles on how he managed like again not only these great talents but big personalities and it's just it's so uh, so interesting how he seemed to be way ahead of his time in a in a in a time where kind of most coaches were a very maybe brash sort of um uh fiery sort of personalities he came in with this sort of calmness and and presence that I think uh maybe trans transcended a lot of uh um coaches going forward and it's just been really cool I think just I, I can't get enough of kind of reading stuff about about him and learning about him and just hear and again obviously hearing about that whole team and guys like Michael Jordan and kind of what kind of brought out the best in them and what they were all about but certainly the phil jackson character i think just because of how he seemed to be super ahead of his time in that sense so he's been kind of fun to
0: to i'll have to uh text did you read his book yet no that's on the list too too so i i I read it and then i also read like one of the books he recommends in the book zen mind beginner's mind Mm -hmm. and you know it's a book i think he recommended to um, a lot of teammates it was actually a cool story I got that book I was on the uh, Marley's playoff and a teammate was walking in with a big pile of books and I said you know hey where are you, where you going with all those I mean it was like pile of like huh. 12 books and he's like sounds like Hyman it wasn't Hyman it wasn't Hyman but he goes uh, I'm gonna I've I'm gonna I'm done reading these books and I kind of looked at him like so what are you doing with them like I don't know I was probably gonna throw him out or something I'm like throw him out you don't throw out a book here give me i'll take this one i'd, yeah. I'd heard of it from yeah. phil's book i just finished reading because uh Stuart percy had recommended it to me when we were roommates um you know in the playoffs so i and then you know honestly for for mindset and just calmness coming to the rink every day that was some of the clearest thinking you know I remember in my career just whether I was playing well whether I was playing poorly just really resilient I really enjoyed you know sort of Phil's um you know perspective and Michael what a what a competitor like there's something success leaves leaves clues and that's been one of the fun things with this podcast is you know people that I look up to you know pick up the phone and and you know share you know an hour or two of their time telling stories of you know what they've built their success on and you know, Lex and I just watched uh, the latest uh, Lindsey Vaughn documentary, you know, last night. And there's so much to be learned about the resolve and the persistence and the passion of, of the greats of every, every industry that that's honestly where, you know, I selfishly hope I, I what I get out of the podcast is, uh-huh. you know, learning about, you know, some of the greats that I look up to. And then, you know, of course, we're able to, you know, sort of give back to, you know, our, our different listeners where they apply, you know, our, our thoughts and our lessons to their own life. So. You know, Reems. thanks, man, yep. for for your time. And, and you know, I'll text you after Monday when we're both watching, uh, you know, MJ's MJ's uh, doc. So super cool. All right. Cool.
1: Yeah, we'll hot stove of it. Yep.
0: All right, bro. All Have right. a good rest of your day. All right. right thanks, man. Yep. Thanks. Thank you again to all of our listeners here today with the Connor Carrick podcast and my conversation with JVR. Reamer is, you know, one of the higher end goal scorers I've ever played with. He's done it consistently year in, year out. Uh, and he, it, he's done it for a long time and he's preparing still to do it for a long time. Really no, uh, no stone left unturned with him. I loved playing with him. I hope we get another chance to do that, you know, later on in, in my career. For all of our listeners out there, continue to support local. We need to support our brands and, and businesses and, and restaurants, the dream doers in our local communities right now. Try and be a regular somewhere uh, and, and vote with your dollars so we can help see them through are the small businesses we know and love see them through the other side of this COVID nineteen crisis? Finally, thank you to everyone who has liked, subscribed, commented. Uh, please continue to share with with mom and dad, with your men's league team, with your beer league team. Uh, you know, I know my my brother, all my brother's college hockey teammates were sending me texts about you know parts of the podcast that they liked and you know parts where I was stuttering too much or whatever. So I appreciate all the feedback and and thank you for sticking with us week in, week out. I really look forward to next week. Uh, Thank you for all your efforts for to support uh, the continued growth of the Connor Carrick podcast. Thank you.